Welcome back to Keenan and Kel with Adam and Aaron. If I was wearing a sweatshirt and a flannel, my name would be Aaron. If I was wearing a Keenan and Kel with Adam and Aaron t-shirt, my name would be Adam. <laughs> and this week we are reviewing not only season four, not only season three, not only season two, not only season one, not only <laughs> our favorite episodes, not only the worst episodes, we are reviewing all of our reviews of Keenan and Kel. This is the series review of the 90s Nickelodeon sitcom Keenan and Kel. It's all come to this. I feel like we're on uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the final question. <laughs> doo, doo, doo. Or on 60 Minutes. I feel like I'm like reporting on like all this information <laughs> that I've gathered. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's like a segment. We've spent two years watching every single episode of Keenan and Kel. Good burger, two beds are better than none. We've t- we've talked to people that worked on the project. We've uh, we've talked to Fantas, and we are are here to present our findings. <laughs> Find out what they found out next, or no? Hear what they found <laughs> out next on sixty minutes. <laughs> to, to start us off, uh, we uh, we've been reflecting and discussing what to do now that we've reached the end of our show, uh, Keenan and Kel. But the end of our show, King Kelf Adam Aaron, is far from over. Adam, maybe it should be over. <laughs> maybe this should be it. But too bad. <laughs> well, I, I hope that we'll we'll trick the pandemic into truly ending with a, with our little change up here. So that's right. Uh, we had a packed month of March uh, set with uh, about five episodes that went out. So uh, we're taking the month of April off. Uh, this is one of your busiest months. This was a uh, top one for me. But we're going to be spending that time working on some behind-the-scenes interviews, getting some future episodes lined up. And um, when we return in May, May 4th, uh, we're going to be on an every-other-week schedule. We were almost doing that anyway, <laughs> like with how often we would miss one or someone would be late. And so I, I think if we we can commit better to being uh, that pattern going forward. Yeah, the goal is to continue the Keenan and Kel content but in the future to start to kind of specialize. And what we mean by that is we want to do, of course, interviews. We're going to hopefully get some cast members, get some producers, um, all of your favorite people that we've been talking about for the past two years. Uh, But then also what we want to do is we want to do character profiles. And so we want to do best of Keenan, best of Kel, best of Chris, uh, best of Roger and Cheryl. I want to do best of sets, and so some of the most memorable moments that happened at each set. Those are just some of the ideas, right? And then we are working with, um, you know, our own ideas for a Keenan and Kel episode that we wished we saw. Not to mention Keenan and Kel appearing in other media <laughs> across uh, across the '90s. Uh, they were an episode of Sister Sister. They had several episodes on the Steve Harvey Show. I, I think it, it's worth throwing out there to any fantas that are interested. Please uh, reach out to us and if you want to join us for any of those discussions. Yeah, just like uh, we had a, a couple fantas on earlier in the in the year reviewing episodes with us. Please, if you would like to join our campaign here of uh, not letting Keenan and Kel podcast die out, <laughs> send us an email. Let us know what you think. Um, and of course, we're always open to to feedback. We're always open to suggestions. Uh, just send us an email, Podcast at gmail.com. Or hit us up on Twitter, at Podcast. So en- enough uh, enough lollygagging here. Lollygagging. lollygagging. <laughs> <laughs> let's, talk, um, let's talk about the seasons as a whole. I have a very massive, angry <laughs> spreadsheet that I've filled with information over, over since we started doing the show. 
all of our rankings for all the episodes uh, have been compiled and distilled down into our ratings for those seasons. And uh, I think the results may surprise you. I am excited to be surprised. Now, Adam, I could have poured through the spreadsheet myself to do all this stuff, but I thought it would be good to have at least one person be surprised by what you <laughs> by what you have compiled here. So I have decided to not <laughs> go ahead and do this ahead of time. Spoilers now. Our scores are in lockstep with each other. Like, they're in the same ranking order, just some points are a few other the others. Adam, before we get started on this... Um, uh, I would like you to formally address the audience about the Rigby's accounting department. <laughs> well, Can you explain how much you have failed <laughs> in delivering on that promise? Yes, uh, the, the Rigby's accounting department is uh, was originally a premise of mine. Uh, when we first started the show, we didn't really have an idea of what the segments were going to be about. Or like how to flesh out the, the series more. And I think we naturally just started talking longer about more scenes. And we would fill our hour of podcast with plenty of the Keenan Kel show proper. But before that started, I thought it'd be very interesting to count how many things Keenan Kel ruin in Rigby's and get a dollar value to them. So <laughs> that lasted for a, a pretty good for one season. 12, 12 episodes. Up to Twizzles Fizzles. After that, uh, there, <laughs> both this and counting how much uh, orange soda Kel consumes had reached their like their like mystery box their question mark where it just became like all right this is so uncertain now that everything beyond this is fruitless the rigby's accounting department that's when uh in we ha haven't got time for the paint keenan just tells the art audience and rigby's to just take whatever you want from the shelves yeah. <laughs> and then it cuts away so i i that i'm like oh why am i even doing this is what i said at that point and uh when kel downs that tankard of, of orange grog <laughs> in freezer burned i said how much what's in a grog <laughs> like like is, that's not humanly possible as everyone has pointed out <laughs> I, what's the orange soda content of orange grog <laughs> it became it was too complicated yeah so so it's okay adam we accept your apology on your failure to deliver <laughs> Uh, but I won't, we won't hold it against you. If any fans that truly wants me to, uh, like, you know, tooth and, uh, what is it, fork and nail, tooth and comb through every every instance of, in the latter two seasons of uh, these, I can get a full count. But I'll have to redo all the numbers because of inflation anyway, so. <laughs> That's quite all right, Adam. Thank you very much for your commitment to the Keenan and Kel podcast. I would like to apologize for not following through on my Dan Carlin-style intros, which I thought were great in season one, but soon became far too much work. Yes, and they were, I remember also you would like do them live, and then you would start like sending them in afterwards to be It was to the be beginning of in. the end. Yes, so I, I forgot when we stopped doing those, but I think the episode works out fine without the... <laughs> the flare on top. I think it's always missing something, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Adam, would you like to get started with what you had in mind? Yes. Uh, seasons. Season one of Keenan and Kel. Uh, from the pilot episode to Twizzles Fizzles, I have an average score per episode of 7.14. Your average score? 7.29. You were a little more favorable of this season. I suppose I was. Season two. I had a score of 8.27, while your average score was 8.08. So, similarly, about a whole point total above season one. Right. Big improvement. I would say definitely. And I think people across the board believe that to be true for Keenan and Kel. I would agree. What do you got for season three, Adam? 
it's a 22 episode season it's supercharged super loaded uh, nine more episodes than the previous season more episodes more score it's a little more evened out we both have scored this an 8.05 with the same average rating for this wow. whole season maybe our taste in keenan and kel lore kind of uh started to you know fall in the middle ground as well you would think that but our season four average scores for the 13 episodes of season four mine is an 8.46 and yours is an 8.31 both our highest scores right wow i didn't i didn't really see that coming uh no i i think the average episode of keenan and kel got better as the season progressed as the seasons progressed yeah, I think that's that's a fair statement because not only was the formula ironed out and kind of perfected, but the bad episodes weren't as bad, right? Mm-hmm. And the good episodes were great. Like yeah, less than favorable episodes that we had in that season included like All Here Goes to Hollywood, Car Trouble, like, you know, so-so bits like that. The season starts off with Corporate Keenan, The Honeymoon's Over, Girl Watchers, like all the top tier episodes. And it ends with, like, uh, before Tales from the Cliff. <laughs> Ends with, like, you know, oh, brother, Futurama, April Fools. So Yeah, just sandwiched by great pieces of Keenan and Kel. Big heavy hitters there. Uh, so our order of favorite episodes based off ranking is season four, season two, season three, season one. Do you think that reflects your true feelings of this show? So I would probably have said that season, um, season three would have been higher just because of how many memorable episodes are in season three? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have fenced in, and you have like really funny ones, like he got job and close encounters. Um, he, who loves who? Right, you dirty rat. One of my favorites, and uh, <laughs> and you think like oh, like season three, it, it just they hit their stride. It was their prime. So I thought season three would have been higher. But going back, when I saw season two, when I was like really thinking about the episodes that were in season two, season two also knocked it out of the park, right up there with season four. So I think four, two, three, one is pretty accurate. Two and three for me are real neck and neck. I've been and I've been pouring over this as I've been going through scores and stuff like that. Like they're they go back and forth because I think season three is both the climb up and the like trip down. For, for like the best of Keenan and Kel. Yeah, I would agree. Well, season two as the whole has a lot of good quality stuff. So I, I don't know. It's it, it's hard to go by seasons. That's why we should go by episodes. That's right. That's right. Yeah, because um, you know, even within every season, there's different directors, there's different writers, uh, there's just different things happening in in the surrounding cinematic universe, or you know, whatever you'd call the sitcom universe. <laughs> right yeah and so like when episodes are released the when episodes are recorded who's available to do the production all that stuff's kind of factored in so yeah i think going by episodes is a better better call let's get our dirty laundry first (laughs) sometimes in our uh, season reviews like it feels bad that we talk about our the worst stuff like after getting the best stuff out so let's talk about our bottom five episodes (laughs) whatever what's the opposite of the cream of the crop aaron the, uh, <laughs> the the bottom of the barrel, the sole of the shoe. Yeah, the uh, the devil's cut. The crust underneath the toenails. <laughs> uh, the, these these gross episodes that we want to get out of our minds before before cleansing ourselves with the the best of the best. 
We need an exorcism of the worst of the worst, Keenan and Kel. Because there's 62 episodes, I have these numbered 58 to 62. As do I. Oh, great. So why don't you start us off with your episode 58? All right. 58, the fifth worst, I think is the best, right? And so and so yeah, the, the 58th best <laughs> in my, <laughs> um, based on my final analysis of Keenan and Kel, uh, is A Star is Peeved. An episode I did not like. I know you you didn't mind it. Had nothing to offer me. The whole episode felt forced. I did not like. What was the guy's name? Uh, this the Steven Spielberg type character. No, no, not him. Gold Goldfish. Uh, not him. <laughs> uh, the 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 ad like the star. It just didn't really do it for me. Um, went back and, and kind of you know watched it again or watched part parts of it again, and I was still not impressed. Doesn't do it for me. It it really it really doesn't compare to some of the other episodes and i i get that too it had the big swing in the middle with the kel musical number but it just did not like land a big way just so. no missed missed yeah. the mark and uh you know sometimes when keenan and kel try to do too much and they they kind of outsource the episode to other stars i and, and other characters i i tend to not like it as much i like when they focus in on their core group of keenan and kel and charla chris it's bad when an episode's populated by too many like non-main characters. Yeah, that's right. They're they're one-offs and they don't uh, they don't deliver in such a good way. So that was exemplary of of that trend. Okay, nice. Uh, my fiftieth episode is a uh, Who Loves Orange Soda. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that's that's most people's thoughts when they think of this episode because they it's a go-to like I, I feel like based off like hits that we have on our episode listen counts, um like people say oh I remember Orange Soda let me listen to that episode oh I remember uh, Roger <laughs> listen to Diamonds Are for Roger I feel like Who Loves Orange Soda is a trap episode because it's about how much Kel is like forced to hate Orange Soda right. And you got the corny, like, the corny doctor scene in the middle. The hypnotist. My The big reason why I give this episode, like, real serious points off is because of um, the kind of way it handles mental health. <laughs> and it, it's a very, it's probably the, one of the most dated episodes because of that. Uh, it's not dealt with in a healthy way. Kel is clearly suffering from, like, addiction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and withdrawal, and it's used as a joke. Keenan, I think, is, I have, like, got him ranked real low here because of how his nefarious he is and how like you know he plays pranks and stuff like this but this is 
probably his meanest prank ever is messing with Cal trying to become like a better person. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. Thinking back, it does have just a sour taste in your mouth. The end of the episode is very awkward of Cal be- being hypnotized to be a dog and ch- run around Rigby's. Yeah. So I, I would agree with that. 58 doesn't really do it for me. Uh, my 59 is Tales from the Clip. Okay. One minute we were talking about the clip show and then Kale got all mad. Well, maybe we shouldn't be doing a clip show. Come on, Cheryl. Kids love clip shows. <laughs> oh, hey, Roger. Cheryl. Hey, Kale. Yeah. Hey, Kale. You know, I didn't mean anything before when I said that, you know, you... Hey, can you tell Keenan I'm not talking to him anymore? Uh, Keenan, Kale's not talking to I him. I heard him. Uh, Kel, if you're not speaking to Keenan, then what are you doing here? Well, I thought I'd come over and we all watch some clips of all the times Keenan got us into trouble. That could be entertaining. Oh, yes, it could. Because, see, Keenan's always the one scheming and plotting and stuff. Uh, actually, Kel, that's not necessary, man. You know Too late! I'm already staring off into space dreamily. I, I put this one at the very bottom, but it's low. <laughs> this is an episode where there's very little new material. It's mostly a clip show. It's the last episode of the series, which I'm like, come on, this should usually end on a higher note than this. The chemistry between Keenan and Cal is absent. It's about them getting to a fight with each other, and that fight is not entertaining. The clips they picked for the clip show are bad, and I have a feeling this is on your list, and probably even lower, but I've got a couple more kind of uh, fiery opinions about some of the latter episodes here. Well, we'll see, Adam. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, Tales from the Clip is, uh, is no good. Yeah, I would agree, but you'll see that in a minute. <laughs> Number 59 for me is Da Bomb. We're going to start our own club. I, I, I even got the perfect name for it. We're going to call this club Da Bomb. Well, I don't want to be here when Da Bomb goes off. See, you in this with me, bro. No, we're going to put the bomb sign on that I, I wanted to include this on the list because, you know, originally when I looked at all my lowest scores, In the Line of Keenan was there. And I was like, you know, and Adam, after talking to Mary Elizabeth about the production of season one, I had a much more greater, a greater appreciation of In the Line of Keenan than my, uh, you know, my 2020 critical self. So, you know, I removed that. But then I was thinking like, well, what's a bad episode? And Bomb is a bad episode. It's, it's a bad buildup. It's a bad plot. It's a bad resolution. Um, Kyra's whole like kind of diva phase didn't do it for me. And... I, I I don't disagree. You'll I'll, I'll have a I have a few words to say about that in a second here. All right. Uh, then number sixty, safe and sorry. the the mob thriller yeah just i, I mean they try to do, with quotes around it they tried to do like a godfather keenan and kel it was so bad almost unwatchable to the point of like why are keenan and kel talking to like you know suspected murderers i, I it didn't it, the basement thing like was it was okay but you know listen i think we should disclaim there's no bad episodes of keenan and kel but there are episodes that are not great you know, like nobody, 
no episode scored a three. Like three's bad. Four yeah. is like this isn't really that good, but it, four, five, six, you know. Four is as low as we went in our scores. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's no bad episodes, but this one was almost bad. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think it, it was mostly because the show was early on. It was in, in infancy, and be, it had a new writer to this episode, and no one really knew what the show was yet so having a plot that was very disjointed like this one i think uh, is uh shows anyways that's my number 60 how about you uh my number 60 uh, another season one darling uh mental telepathy how'd you know i had a crush on naomi i read your diary oh <laughs> guess that explains it who said you can read my diary man <laughs> i couldn't help myself your life's so interesting see see I knew there had to be a logical explanation to all this. Because a boy can't have extra mental abilities without having regular mental abilities. You know what I'm saying? Aw, thanks, man. Following the the coattails of uh, Who Loves Orange Soda and how I didn't like how that handled mental health, this one I didn't like how it handled just the overall structure of this story is very weak. Uh, because uh, it involves you repeating the information over and over and over again. <laughs> like, you see Cal do all these, like, um, psychic uh, activities early in the episode, and then we spend the entire middle of the episode of him explaining every the reason behind every one of them. Then it's Keenan giving him all this information about the family, that's him revealing all that information to the family. Then they end on, like, a quiz show that I don't think would work. <laughs> like, like I don't think, like, it would actually test psychic abilities. And they also just had no budget yet. And they had a no. kind of a big idea. The idea was uh, kind of too big for the budget, and I think it handled... Uh, this is a get-rich-quick scheme from Keenan, and it's one of his least like thought-out ones. Plus, yes, and he was pretty mean about it, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, he was so mean to Kel. And Kel was like literally like physically harming him to like, keep him away from him with the loud noise machine. Right. Like, just really bad, uh, a really bad back and forth between them. Yeah, they still didn't really know who they were, Keenan and Kel, and... It was just, it was too much, too fast. An exemplary a poor season one and episode. I would agree with that. Yeah, kind of not knowing who they are yet. And my uh, my number two, or bottom two, 61, is going to be one that you just mentioned, The Bomb. Let's hear it, Adam. <laughs> it, this episode stinks. This episode stinks <laughs> real bad. The only reason that it didn't get to the lowest spot is because we found an episode that stunk even more. I have a feeling it's going to appear on your list as well. Uh, but the bomb is terrible mainly because um, it doesn't have a good A plot or B plot. <laughs> and it's very boring. Keenan and Cal throw a party at Rigby's because they can't get into, like, they're not old enough to go to a club. Right. <laughs> and uh, meanwhile, uh, there's a girl, Leanne, who has is crushing on Cal, and she's got sparks flying with Kyra. And, like, like bad sparks, antagonistic sparks. So, like, Kyra locks her in the bathroom. Cal does his, like, orange soda rap in the middle, which is a highlights of the episode, but beyond that, there's... It's them working out, like, what can the show be? <laughs> and figuring it out, and it, uh, that's great and all, but I don't think it nailed what a good episode of Keenan Cal is like. It's okay. one that I, I was sad to return to for the show, and I don't think I will ever return to it again. Agreed. Uh, couldn't have said it better myself. Although I might like to watch it just to make fun of it. Perhaps one day. And, you know, uh, like, show support for the firemen who saved the day. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for the firemen. <laughs> for the firemen. Um, out of my 61st episode is Tales from the Clip. 
just you know especially like like every sitcom should have a good clip show yeah i get why they have them they're budgetary right but let's have them reminiscing right Mm -hmm. so simple they're like oh let's we shouldn't do the reminiscing thing that was a mistake you should have them reminisce think about the great times they had together think about the ridiculous things they did think about the people that they got in trouble right whatever it is Uh, they did a lot of crazy things and it was just like stupid clip shows drake and josh did a lot better yeah it was a waste of an episode in my opinion that was very upsetting um but not quite bad enough to earn the bottom spot on the list Uh, which i think is shared between the two of us yes adam what is it the worst episode of keenan and kel it's no contest aaron it's the contest so all we gotta do is come up with a crazy stunt and we win those tickets it's easy i don't know keenan i heard the guy that won last year skateboarded butt naked into a pool of cockroaches (laughs) please that's nothing what hello funk 107 yeah, I would like to enter Macho Mike's Bombers for the Bulls contest. Oh, my name? Um, well, um, it's Kel. Kel Kimball. This Saturday? Oh, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, definitely gonna be crazy. Okay, bye-bye. It's all set. Now all we gotta do is come up with some kind of a crazy, dangerous stunt for you to do. Don't you mean a crazy, dangerous stunt for us to do? Kel, we in this 50-50, man. I made the phone call, so you get to do the crazy, dangerous stunt. Oh, 50-50. Just the the episode that broke all the rules in the worst ways. That's the big, uh, the final nail in the coffin of the contest, is that it, it disobeys what Keenan and Kel's about. So, Adam, what's the premise, just so people can be reminded? Because this episode is so forgettable. There's a radio show uh, contest for tickets to, was it the Bulls game? Yeah. Courtside tickets to the Bulls game. They're giving out two tickets, and you have to do the craziest thing. (laughs) You have to do something crazy in front of a live audience. (laughs) And so, which, it kind of, that's what Keenan Kell is already doing. You didn't, (laughs) this is like the premise of Keenan and Kel inside an episode of Keenan and Kel <laughs> to f- pull off these stunts half the episode's a montage of Kel like it, this feels like the leftover episode it's made from scraps it's like Kel doing crazy stuff with his body that shouldn't happen like his tongue gets all stretched out and he sits on a giant block of ice a giant uh, cantaloupe uh, slingshot <laughs> like it's fired and they just get worse they end up on the stunt of like getting shot out of a cannon uh, but then someone else gets shot with a cannon at the at the event, so they ultimately like eat Chris's bike. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot, man. I forgot how bad this episode was. So it's just they they act more like cartoons than, than any other part of the show in a way that is not really. It, it feels like the age target the target audience is like years younger than any of these other episodes. Yeah, horrible episode. Um, like I said, no bad episodes. If there was one bad episode, it would be. <laughs> It would be that. I mean, it's uh, there's some moments that are okay, but it, not really. That's the worst of the worst, <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm glad we're aligned with that one. I'm curious. I'm very curious what our top ten is going to look like compared to each other, because I remember in uh, season four we had a lot of the same like cast of characters. I think uh, similar to what you're saying about no bad episode. I think the top like twenty episodes of Keenan and Kel could be like argued as the best one. Uh, yeah, I agree. There's kind of this this spectrum of scores. And in that top 20, in the top third, they're all great episodes. All like, you know, eight and a half to 10. I gave out um, 10 10s throughout the course of the show. (laughs) So So this list must have been pretty difficult. 
It was. I had to make all kinds of criteria and stuff like that. But first, I would like to take a little detour into a segment that I've compiled called Meet the Rockmores. All right, let's go. Meet the Rockmores is a, a tab that I've been keeping of all like the kind of crazy activities that uh, the Rockmore family and the Campbell family and the Potter family have gotten into. So uh, get this. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm going to drop some facts on you that you may have forgotten. Okay. Uh, Keenan has the has a presidential medal. Yes, because he saved the president. Keenan is scared of spiders. Okay. Uh, he can play basketball. All right. Most people can. He may be a southpaw. Okay. Do you know who his favorite comic book character is? Skunkator. Yep. You know who his favorite color is? Blue. Plaid. Oh. <laughs> uh, as for Kel... Uh, how many kidneys do you think Kel has? Um, three. He's got one kidney. Oh. Keenan sold his other one. All right. He has a cousin in the circus, as we've discussed. Many times. Uh, he may be allergic to clam chowder. All right. He has a couple foods that, like, injure him in separate, different ways. Peanut butter aggravates his bladder. Okay. Uh, and he, uh, physical confrontation makes him nauseous. Naturally. He once broke his buttocks. Mm-hmm. And he's afraid of airplanes, pancakes, butterflies, and braziers. Makes sense. Roger. Can't wait for this. Salt makes him puffy. Of course. Join the club. Was uh, called Snugglebutt at a younger age. Mm-hmm. He shaves his back. I don't know how. He raised a cockatoo named Twizzles for ten years. And then it died. Uh, do you remember what his life dream was? His life dream? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, becoming a mountain ranger. Yeah, well, obviously. Uh, ten years ago, he had a full head of hair that, that Kel um, uh, has slowly partook in removing from his head. Yes, Kel single-handedly made Roger go bald. Very bald. Mm -hmm. Very bald. And uh, he, uh, he has once gone on a fishing vacation with Cheryl. I wonder how many fish they caught. Uh, me too. <laughs> uh, do you remember the, the, the first movie that the two of them watched when they were y younger? Casablanca? Casablanca, yeah. Mm. First started dating. I believe it's in college because uh, she was. There was a rumor that she started streaking in college. All right. And uh, she may or may not work depending on how you interpret. Get the kill out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not really sure. Yeah, it's funny because you never see what Roger's job is after season two when he becomes a mountain ranger. Yeah, they were like, "Hey, too much job talk here." Um, Kyra it starts off uh, starts off season season one at nine years old. She likes older boys. She turns ten in season. <laughs> season two as we pointed out she remains like 12 despite the actress becoming like 15 or so yeah uh she has uh braces practices karate some other rock mores of note there are three grandmothers across the series ah there's one on the phone that uh that tells keenan he left his teddy bear there there's the one that shows up to turkey day and then there's finally the one that shows up to graduation three separate grandmothers it's not unheard of no, he has an Aunt Bertha, who has gets into all kinds of trouble behind the scenes. She does. She has trouble with the law. Uh, Aunt Gertie is the one with the mustache. They have fist fights while bowling. Yes. Uh, he has an Uncle Louie. Mm -hmm. He's mean. <laughs> yes. Uh, they they also have great. Keenan also has great aunts that appear to be played by Keenan and Kel. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> he also has another mannish aunt called Aunt Lativia. <laughs> That's a fantastic name. Uh, finally, the Potters. Chris has a fear. Do you recall what it is for mental telepathy? Something supernatural? Uh, yes, giant bunnies. Oh, that's supernatural. Like Donnie Darko. Yeah. 
Right, or Harvey. Harvey, yeah. He has a radio in his car in season one. He has a radio car in season two. In season four, he doesn't know how to drive. (laughs) (laughs) He never never got his license. I hate that. (laughs) That's very bad. He's worked at a grocery store since high school when he was 18, or 18 years ago. And he loves the grocery store industry. Yes. Rigby's uh, is located on 909 Illinois Drive. He loves groceries so much, Aaron, that he attended grocery college and graduated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you want to guess what his bedtime is? 8 o'clock. A little later than that. 9 p.m. Programs that he enjoys with his mother include Wrestle Fever and Funk Bus. Of course, Funk Bus. <laughs> he has a cousin named Winona. He has a cousin that's a lawyer. Well, who's his favorite comic book character? Mothman. Nope. Skeletor. Nope. Uh, it's who, who Kel dresses as. I don't know. Patty, the power pixie. Oh, God. Uh, so Chris's mother is, uh, as we've discovered, a witch, perhaps? Perhaps. Uh, she uh, has removable teeth. <laughs> she also has specifically meat teeth. Yeah. She gets her crusty foot scraped. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gets shaven. Yes. Uh, she gets her, <laughs> including her hairy, her hairy belly. Mm-hmm. Uh, she attends lumberjack school and once dressed as a witch for Halloween. We think she is um, retired, and we also think that she is taking self-care to the extreme. As far yes. as you could take it in the 90s. Uh, I would agree, and I, I don't disagree with any of her lifestyle choices. No, me neither. Uh, be, yeah. So that's that's my re- Meet the Rockmores. That was pretty impressive, Adam. That was a lot. Thanks. Let's talk about our favorite episodes. All right, let's do it. Here we go. The top 10 lists. What was your method for determining your top 10, Aaron? Uh, I took my highest scores, and then I arranged them based on mostly how memorable they were and how sentimental I am about the episode. So, you know, not very technical or scientific, but I think the order I place them in is, you know, it includes some of the best episodes, obviously. Uh, my tens are, are in there. Uh, but it also includes some of the episodes that I think everybody should watch. All, some mm-hmm. of the emotionally packed episodes. Um, and then some of the like the most the most cornerstone episodes that we refer back to many times. That's very, very interesting. If you were gonna watch Keenan and Kel, right? Like nice. this is this is the best of the best. I respect that approach. Yeah. Mine was very uh, scientific. <laughs> because all the scores are 10 for my top 10, like, I needed to use finer details to, you know, extract the points. So what I did was I outlined five, like, criteria that I judged an episode by. Keenan, how good of an episode it is for Keenan, how good the episode is for Kel, and uh, what I call chemistry with a K. How well Keenan and Kel worked together. I also defined story. And a supporting cast. This is either the main, ca- uh, you know, return cast like Chris, Roger, Cheryl, how they're in the episode, or if it features other extras or other like Mark and Charla, then how well did they do? Okay. So uh, those are all equally weighted points of criteria. I am interested so. to hear what you have to say about these because I like your method better than my my <laughs> method of let's rearrange things based on how, how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, why don't you start us off with your number 10? All right. My number 10. Um, is who loves who? Hey, what's happening, man? Woo! What's that, man? I don't know. I just got. It. Hey, what do you say? You open it. Oh, okay. <laughs> A present to my love burst to quench his mighty thirst. Signed, your secret admirer. <laughs> ah! 
and it's a carbonated beverage, I must drink the orange soda. No! <laughs> I, you know, I have a feeling we're going to get some repetitions here. But this episode, one of the reasons I love Keenan and Kel is because of how much it explores the kind of coming of age and emotional landscape of uh, teenagers. And, you know, this episode was like, basically it was when when Keenan and Charlotte came together and it was this kind of, you know, unfortunately it didn't last, right? This, this thing didn't last, but it was, how do you ask somebody out who you've known for a long time? Something like that. And I feel like, um, the way the episode wrapped up and, and, and this struggles along the episode, um, it was pretty memorable. Um, and I think it deserved a spot just because of, um, how many people were featured in this episode. It's, you know, it's a functional season three finale because you see, like, really good stuff with Mark and, and Sharla. And uh, written by Nick Cannon, Mason Gordon, and Keenan Thompson. Yeah. Both Keenan and Nick Cannon were, like, you know, around 20, 21 years old, like, when this they wrote this. So it, it feels very um, of a, a voice. Yeah. Of a young voice. Exactly. And I think it deserves a list on the top ten um, because <laughs> I gave it a ten, but also for that reason right it, it's it's written by keenan you know keenan and nick cannon like it's written by kind of like the faces of nickelodeon that were coming up in that time so a great episode from my perspective and spot number 10 great uh, my 10th spot belongs to futurama I like this uh, this position right here at like kind of the bottom of the top ten because of how again how strong of an episode this was in season four. It's something that they were only able to try at their peak of like budget, right? <laughs> and if we're talking about like how like the worst episode like the contest got punished for this, then uh, that's fine because they redid every set, every line is another joke, <laughs> and uh, it really swung big. The future setting is really fun. The storyline is something that can only happen there. And uh, all the little beats and commentary, the things that they get wrong are funny, and the things that they got right are even funnier. Right. <laughs> like, the, the, the Zoom classroom that they have, I am still going to kick out of. Yeah, and then uh, Chris's robot, his very, like, clumsy robot self. The Trashinator is an object, and also the Trashinator is, like, a story device. is very fun. So I, I think it is a, a top-tier episode. That's fair. My number nine is one that I'm sure is on your list. Has to be. Merry Christmas, Keenan. Uh-huh. Well, ho, 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 come on up and sit on Santa's lap, little girl. Santa Claus, this is Kishka. She's from Fishlakia. Fishlakia? Yes, I'm afraid she doesn't speak any English. I told her you wouldn't be able to talk to her, but she said that if you were really Santa Claus. Kishka. Ingen, schmingen, dugen, worshka. Shanty clues. Erben, schmarben, vishkruva. Ugen, lugen, blugen, schlugen. Slingin' bone, slingin' bone, Lehman Poon, Lehman Do, the East Coast, East Coast Yes, the 
Christmas special where that kind of shows that Keenan has a heart. A very important episode because of how important it is in the context of Keenan and Cal. This shows that Keenan, despite all his pranks, all his schemes, all the trouble that he, like, delivers, is deep down inside a really good person. Mm-hmm. It, it makes you feel warm and fuzzy, like any good Christmas special does. And it, it's uh, it's not super high because it does disobey the formula a little bit, and it's not a so much a Kel-centric episode. I think the best episodes of Keenan and Kel have a, the perfect balance between two of them. So that's why it's a little lower on the list than one might expect. But I think uh, any any good watcher of Keenan and Kel should uh, pick up this episode. Agreed. We'll get back to that in a minute. <laughs> Thanks for sharing those those bottom ten, nine and ten, Adam. Uh, for me, number nine is uh, the honeymoon's over. A brand new house. <laughs> yeah, that's the answer to your problems right there, Keenan. You want your own place? All you gotta do is find a woman, get her to marry you. Go on that show and win a house. <laughs> That's a great idea. I was just joking. Oh, I mean, that is a great plan. And I think I know just the girl, too. <laughs> I mean, like, what girl are you going to pick to do? <laughs> Probably higher on your list. Uh, actually, uh, The Honeymoon's Over didn't make the cut. Oh, uh, it didn't make the cut. I love this episode just because of how well it did every scene. Yes. Every scene was just crisp and funny. Um, and it actually made you laugh. Sometimes I feel like, um, you know, you watch a show and you, and you watch it through. And some episodes don't really make you laugh. But this one made you laugh the whole time. Um, you know, from from the beginning of like watching with uh, or or Keenan dancing to, <laughs> you know, to kind of like going over to Eric's house, watching this on the TV, getting the idea like I need my own house. Um, just this really innocent, but also just hilarious kind of uh, effort by Keenan and Kel here. It, it shows off um, season four as well, like how high the stakes are. Right, ex- exactly. Yeah, the, the plot in season one is that they're opening up a club together in Rigby's. The plot of season four is that they have to get married to compete on a game show. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> um, it doesn't mess with the jokes. And, you know, even up to the end with uh, the root beer. And, yeah, so... <laughs> So I love this episode. I think it deserves that number nine spot. Good good pick. Yep. Uh, next up, I have number eight. And remember, I'm going on, you know, memorability and also kind of heart. And when I was when I was doing it, I'm like, all right, I have my number tens and whatever. But I have number my eight number eight pick as three girls, a guy, and a cineplex. Probably on yours. Yeah, uh, the, the, I'm surprised it's slow. Yeah. Uh, it's a great episode, but when I watch back, you know, it's like, it is funny, but there's a lot of bouncing around. And, and for me watching this episode, there's, there's too much like anxiety, too much juggling <laughs> for it to be any higher. It's a true aspect of Keenan and Cal, the anxiety, the anxiety. Yeah. But in this one, it was, it was just like, it was funny, but then it got to a point where it was like overwhelming, I, but I, I mean, it's hysterical. So I'm excited to hear, I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Uh, but three girls, a guy in a cineplex, that's, that's on my list for sure my number eight uh mo sweater blues all right i was hoping we'd see this episode because this is uh this is a great one. Oh wow this is a nice sweater thanks my grandma knitted it for me before she passed away oh that is so nice i, I mean not that your grandmama passed away but I, i'm saying that she knitted it before it's a very nice sweater thanks i only wear it on special occasions did you wear it at your grandmama's funeral? Get the kid! Get 
the film! I think this is when the series truly hit, like, its stride. It, it truly became a, you know, it, it, um, they, this was the first episode to nail the formula. <laughs> because, like, like, but like we were saying, they're trying mental telepathy, to bomb, all this stuff, but this is one where Keenan is going out on dates. And uh, his date has a lovely sweater that her late grandmother knit her while she was still alive. And uh, they accidentally spill on it and get the spill worse and worse and worse. And they try to clean it while going on this date. And it's, I think this episode works well because escalation is the key to a good Keenan and Cal episode. And especially when things get almost fixed and then they get even worse. Uh, the the points off I have again for this one are... Um, I think Keenan and Kel aren't doing so much together as they are doing things in relation to the story. Right. Um, like, there's not as much uh, friction between them, but it's a top episode for Kel. I love his Chinese food order. <laughs> I love him uh, trying to fix the sweater and hide from Keenan in the kitchen. And then the crispy sweater at the end, right? <laughs> yes. So it, it's all... They're all very excellent moments in a, a top tier season one episode. I think that's the that's the key there. Like as far as season one goes, that's about. I mean, we're getting we're getting up there. Like that's one of the best episodes of season one. Yeah, a great watch, a great watch. Uh, my number seven is a recent episode that we watched, the April Fools. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love April Fools' Day. Best day of the year. Kidding? Have you been messing with my bathroom stuff? My face cream won't come off. Well, that's because Kelly and I replaced your face cream with paint. Oh. Yeah, it's your April Fool's present. It's not funny. Yes, it is. Oh, oh come on, Cheryl, have a sense of humor. They dump cereal all on me, and you don't see me getting all angry. Uh-huh. I can take a joke. Well, I'm glad to hear that, Pop, because uh, what's a whole bunch of cereal without a whole lot of milk? What? In the same way that um, Who Loves Who capped off season three, April Fools does a really good job of capping off season four. It's all the characters that you love and kind of nonstop jokes and pranks. Cal's written really differently in this episode, and I like it. The episode halfway through Keenan's in jail. Yeah, it's it's like <laughs> good stakes here. We're doing good. And uh, like you see continually how just being in jail isn't the end of his problems, and you see all like the karma coming his way. It's a, it's very good setup 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 and then punchline punchline punchline, and I I think uh, I love Chris in this episode. I gave a five to the supporting cast, <laughs> like because Chris was phenomenal. Roger and Cheryl were like really good. It's a really good note for them to go out on. That is a fantastic episode. Uh, yeah, I love Chris. Just oh, I don't have time for you poor people. <laughs> I gotta spend spend spend. So gullible. Um, yeah, he gets a great <laughs> episode of Keenan and Kel. What's your number seven, Aaron? Uh, my number seven, Adam, is an episode, uh, the most referenced episode of Keenan and Kel. <laughs> the episode that we could not get away from, even if we tried. Now, come over this way. Oh, a little bit? Okay. Hey, what does this thing do? What does what do, man? Please don't stop running. Oh, man, why are we moving, man? Make us stop. Not moving equals stuck. Maybe if I rock it. Oh, oh, man, stop! How much you be so rambunctious? 
in many ways, doing things the Hemingway set up Keenan and Kel's really life goals, right? So it, it set the stage for having Keenan and Kel think about their future. And so it was always kind of in the background, right? Because these kids were growing up. They were growing. They were going through high school. They were, they were getting jobs and they were doing things and chasing girls. And, and all of it kind of was wrapped up in, I would say, one of the heart episodes of Keenan and Kel. Just this goofy, ridiculous thing to do. Um, like, and then it ends up with the sign, I love Brian and, and I'm Brian at the very end. This and just Kel with the big backpack. Like this episode was phenomenal. It was one of our favorites from season one, and uh, I just I just couldn't get enough of it. So and clearly we couldn't get enough of it. So I had to include it on my list. But not only just on the list, I did think it deserves that number seven spot. I'm not going to fault you for, for putting this up there because this episode is so memorable to our program. Exactly. I don't know why we kept talking about it, but it, well, it was so good oh. and relevant. <laughs> Yeah, everything comes back to it, but I like it how you put it. It's about life goals. It's about them thinking about how they want to handle their youth. And we see them, like, kind of tackle that stuff and deal with that and address it. It's kind of, in a way, a very mature episode. Yeah, I think so. It's also an accomplishable episode. Mark mark my words, Fantas. I'm I'm looking at, there's an event where you climb all the stairs of the Willis Tower. (laughs) <laughs> formerly known as the Sears Tower. And if it wasn't on Bacon Fest every year, one of these years I would go and <laughs> I would go and, and, and climb those I would, I would dress like Kel. Have like a Keenan Kel Thaminaren like sticker on my backpack or something. I I, I wanna do it one of these days. I really do. You're gonna have to skip Bacon Fest or find another one. <laughs> I I don't know. It's that's the hard part. <laughs> Yeah, so I just had to include that episode. It's a great pick. All right, Adam, number six. Listen, I know we were talking about how great season four is, but this beginning part of season one, when we're talking about memorable, you can't beat it. <laughs> oh, I get it. You can't. I, I, and you know what I'm going to say. Uh, number two is... The pilot episode. Yeah, right? it's... Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah you, just, <laughs> you just love that uh, when he, when uh, Chris destroys all the comic books of Keenan's. Yeah, we're going to skip that pilot episode. Let's go. Number six for me is uh, The Tainting of the Screw. I did it! I did it! Katie! I'm sorry, man! I did it! It was an accident! I didn't mean it! I dropped the screw in the tuna! I dropped the screw in the tuna! It was me! Drop the screw in the tuna. I mean, that's the best moment of Keenan and Kel. I don't know how, like that's, <laughs> it's up there. Maybe we should do best moments, right? But um, that that moment, but then also just how big the stakes get in the second episode, right? The world that, because the pilot, everybody knows pilot episodes aren't aren't real, right? But this is right. the first episode of Keenan and Kel, and it's hilarious. Written by Dan Schneider, and it's just like, he's just like, look, here's the vision I have for the show. Like, let's yes. make something like this. And I think that episode, with the meeting with Luna Tuna, and just how ridiculous that final scene gets. 
Yeah, and I, I, I've mentioned this every time we talk about the episode. Uh, the whole courtroom scene at the end is great. Like, even before, um, even before Kel's, like, final lines, like the, you know, do you swear to tell the truth and nothing but the truth? And it, like, gives him a high five. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then just, like, how everybody, like, doesn't really know what to say when it yeah. comes time for when Kel, Kel's doing his his thing and Keenan starts to laugh. I, I just love it. And if somebody's going to watch Keenan and Kel, you better watch that episode. Like, that. I mean, of course, it's number two, so you're going to, but... Uh, and I don't want to. I don't want you to think like, oh my gosh, episodes two and three are on Aaron's list. Like this must be. It set the stage for the what the good episodes should look like, and I don't think that should be ignored. Memorability is an important factor, and the fact that everyone who you talked, who I talked to about Keenan and Cal remembers dropping the screw in the tuna, hundred percent, really speaks to it. Everyone that remembers Nick Loading from this era remembers I've drop the screw the tuna right and i mean it's one of those things where that's what we wanted from kel from that point on yeah it 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 kind of set the expectations of like listen you should lose it every now and then (laughs) because it's really funny but make sure you stay on plot (laughs) it's like it's okay and it's okay to to kind of set the bar yeah exactly so i i think those are my two episode uh season some of the season one episodes that are just had to make the list so my number six, who loves who? Ooh, all right. I put this one higher because I gave it so many extra points for the supporting cast. The supporting cast like knocked it out of the park in this one. Hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, Mark and Charlotte are greats. Uh, Chris it, it, is. This is a funk bus one. Everyone's dancing and having a good time. Uh, Nick Cannon's dancing in the intro. Remember when he, he gives like the 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 song card. Uh, the. I knocked off a couple points because there's not a lot of Keenan and Kel. It's Keenan doing stuff and there's Kel doing stuff in the background, but both are really good plot lines. The Tamiya stuff is real neat. I think it's a very well-incorporated guest star. And, uh, you know, the, the story, the only pitfall in the story is the who's Kel's finals date is. I'm not sure how right. how kosher that is nowadays. This is a hard episode to find because of the Tamiya music that's used. But if you can, uh, I highly recommend tracking down Who Loves Who Ooh and enjoying it. Yeah, it, it's a great episode. It was on our lists, and rightfully so. It, it's worth worth the watch. Uh, let me intro this next uh, this next episode. Listen, Alphonse. <laughs> <laughs> Three girls, a guy in a cineplex is my number five. Absolutely. Go for it. The mechanics of this episode are intense, and you've seen this plot before. That's the brilliance of it, of Amy Berg's episode. Uh, you've seen the guy that goes on two dates at the same time. But what if it's a third date? Yeah. And, and like, every, at every one of these encounters, he picks up another item and he goes to, like, one of them and has to explain that item. And then he goes back and it's it's a cringy uh, in a very fun way. And that's, you have to address that when you're talking about Keenan and Kel, how there's episodes that will make you, like, squeeze your whole bodily and not enjoy things and i think once upon a time this might be like a a favorite episode like number one of mine it's good and it's still it's up there i think kel doesn't have as much to do as keenan which is why it's a, a few points away from that that golden episode but honestly you can't really top it's a really good setting and it's a real good episode nice pick uh i know mine's a little bit lower but doesn't matter it's still it's still great uh five and four aaron what do you got number five uh you know it's one that breaks formula but again like i i went for 
what were the episodes that really changed the game for Keenan and Kel? Um, and it's one that you mentioned already, Merry Christmas, Keenan. Mm-hmm. You know, game changing. Where's the, the heart? Where's the heart in the show? And, and the first couple, you know, in, in season one, it gets lost because of you know we're trying to ident- like find out who these characters are, who's their identity, what are they gonna be like, right? Um, <laughs> are they gonna break into jewelry stores? Are they going to? Um, are they robbers and parrot killers? Right, exactly. Like, are <laughs> they're gonna break into people's houses when they leave bad answering machines, right? But Keenan and Kel, sometimes they break into houses and they leave things, gifts. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's Merry Christmas, Keenan. It just shows that Keenan has a heart, and no matter how far the season goes, no matter how far the show goes, like these are good people who are just trying to figure it out. It sets the stage for, for like what Keenan and Kel can be on an emotional level. I cried, I cried watching this episode. Um, it, it, it has to be, it has to be higher on the list. In my opinion, there's some really good, uh, little moments too. I love it when Keenan and Kel give each other their gifts. I love it when Chris offers to give Kel a ride home Yep, in his car that he definitely has. <laughs> yes. That, that he, and he can drive. Yeah, I, I like it when he's uh, there at the, what, when he's pretend to be Santa and just even the kids that aren't like the big emotional story, just hanging out with them and, and singing Fish Lockia songs. Well-deserved top pick. Here we go. Number four. Ready? Mm-hmm. This might be higher on your list. Might not have made your list. I don't know. Um, Bye-bye, Keenan, part one. We are establishing, and of course, this is my list, right? And I made it the way I made it. We are establishing here just what, you know, what friendship looks like. It is a terrifyingly sad, terribly sad episode. You know, when we get to, when we have to see Keenan and Kel kind of be torn apart. And so many of us have had this experience of like, you know, distancing from friends. This breaks formula. Oh, yeah. Changes, you know changes the direction of Keenan and Kel moving forward in my opinion um, because it, it establishes just how strong their friendship is um, and it's something to aspire to in terms of a friend so yeah another tearjerker I just I wanted to include these these emotional episodes because I think they have a place in in TV and even though they break the formula Bye Bye Keenan Part 1 is, is up there for me I think they're important they're important episodes and this, again one of the other most memorable episodes people remember the, the that last scene because it really it, it breaks your heart. It's sad. I I I, uh, yeah, I mean spoilers. It's not on my my top ten list, and it's not far away. I will never fault anyone for including this episode. All right. Well, thank you for not faulting me. Yeah. <laughs> but that's you know you, you kind of see like that where my where my list is going. We'll we'll see the yeah. top three in just a minute. But you know I included the the cornerstone episodes of season one. I included the emotional episodes, um, and I'll. I'll I'll show you what I have up in the top three, but Adam, take it, take us away for number four. My number four is the raffle. Oh my gosh. (laughs) 
Why do you have to use Chris's raffle prize as some kind of a trampoline? Well, if Chris was raffling off a trampoline in the first place, we wouldn't be in this mess. You trying to blame this on Chris? I, I, I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm just projecting my guilt onto an innocent party, you know, in a futile attempt to alleviate my own feelings of responsibility. <laughs> what? What part didn't you understand? Forget it, man. We gotta do something. And fast. The raffle is tomorrow. Okay, look. I got an idea. What you got? What you got? What you got? We can fix it. Let me see. Let me see. Oh, look. I got a stapler. Here we go. Yeah, this is a this is always a stealth pick for me, but I gave it a ten, and I I there's so few things I can like not I can fault it for, because it's the perfect delivery of the formula at the time when the characters are great. Season three, uh, so Keen and Kel are in have entered into their own. This is the episode about the TV. Uh, the TV gets destroyed because of a balloon that Kel gets in exchange for a, a raffle ticket. So they replace it with Keenan's parents' new TV, but they're going to rig the raffle, but Kel messes that up. Then they go to buy a cheap version of the TV, and they he messes that up too. Keenan gets him into trouble, and Kel makes it worse. <laughs> uh, so it's it's golden, and uh, it's full of little bits that I love. I love um, I love Betty, <laughs> the, the guy who they buy electronics from. <laughs> I, love, uh, I love when Keenan pops Kel's balloon. <laughs> I, I love when... Uh, when Chris, uh, like, you know, basically it does everything right, but then Keenan just, like, takes his money and runs. Yep. I like when he has to, like, fight the, the lady for the TV and has no, like, good reason why he should get it instead. <laughs> and so I, they're all wonderful bits that, in an episode that I, it's truly been with me for a very long time and anyone can watch. That's the best part about the raffle. Mm. You don't need Paramount Plus, you don't need Amazon. You can go right now to YouTube and watch the raffle. Not in its entirety, but everything except the last scene at the end of credits. So. Interesting pick, Adam. I'm glad you included it, though. I'm glad you're including all of the episodes that round out the the formula, or the formulaic episodes, right? Yes. Uh, f- formula is what I love, and I think the formula is perfected in my top three episodes. So much so, I I was... <laughs> this was the hardest part of the list for me. I was, to- like, one or the other or the other. It could change... This could change day to day. Adam, I think we might have a pretty similar top three, to be honest. Um, are your top three... Is one of them in season three and two of them in season two? Nope. Oh. Then they might be a little different. We'll see. Let's see what we could do. Uh, my number three. Ditch Day Afternoon. All right. Keenan and Kel have an assignment. Uh, they have to sing a Spanish song in front of the whole class and do a little dance. Uh, but and it's inventory day at Rigby's. Keenan is playing hooky to get out of all this stuff. 
and he when he goes to the bank, uh, a robbery happens. <laughs> and again, he gets in a situation, and Kel makes it hilariously worse. <laughs> I love him stacking the money in front of the fan. <laughs> I love him like uh, telling the robbers that that's to get the valuables off the the patron, the other people in the bank. I love it when he like accidentally handcuffs himself and has to hop around and knocks over all the kiosks. Um, Ke- Keenan is eventually giving inspirational speeches to the robbers because he doesn't want to be on TV. <laughs> He's like, you got to go through with it, guys. New Zealand. <laughs> it, it's And you, you slowly see these are not, uh, you know, separate stories. Everyone in class at Rigby's at home are all watching this unfold yep, on yep, TV. Yeah, that's the best part. I like the box TV, right? Roger's like, yeah. oh, I'm going to get some popcorn. And then Miss, Miss <laughs> Queso has it on, right? Uh, and, and the delivery guy's there. <laughs> Hostages kind of sounds like sausages. Right. Yeah, the, the delivery guy who delivered the message that they wouldn't be in school, right? Some... I'm a messenger. <laughs> I love this episode. It's it's a top three for sure. Yeah, it's a tremendous episode. Great pick, Adam. My number three is not on your list. It's not? It's not. Okay. It's season four episode. Uh, oh. A season four episode that I could not stop laughing while watching. Um, I think it gets the formula right. I think it's more so a Kel episode than a Keenan episode. But um, hmm. it is Girl Watchers. Just try to act casual till we can get Melissa alone, all right? Uh, Let's just play some pool or something. Well, wait a minute. I didn't know we were going to the pool. I should have bought my swim trunks. Not that kind of pool. Give me this gun. Oh. Can you play Marco Polo? Yeah, yeah. See, I'll cover my eyes and yell Marco, and then you say Polo, and and then I'll try to find you. Come on, let's try it. Marco! 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 Hey, I'm Marco. Ooh. What do you want? Um, uh, nothing. nothing. Look, Mr. Marco, you see, it was a game. He was supposed to say polo, but... Never mind, look, why don't you go by yourself a soda or I love this episode. I thought it was so funny. All they have to do is pick up Eric's girlfriend from... <laughs> from the airport. That's all they have to do. Yeah. And they get it, it so wrong. Yes, they, they, they do. It, it's... It's a it's a real dark horse, isn't it? It's <laughs> but, but but you don't know it's a stranger. That's the best part. That's like best part of the episode. That's the twist at the end. Yeah, but the at the pool hall. Where they're trying to, like, you know, <laughs> capture her back. Um, well, Kel ends up schooling everybody in pool. Chris is there, dressed like a biker. <laughs> you know, but then the episode just keeps on going. They end up at Rog- at the Rockmore house. I think earlier in the episode, um, is this the episode that Roger's hiding in the in the closet? Or that might be... Yeah. Uh, no, that's uh, that's the previous one. Oh, that's now. the previous uh, Eric episode. Uh, honey, the honeymoon's over. Honeymoon's over. Yeah, sorry. That was you end up with just like you end up with her falling out of the window. I mean, it, it's it's absolute escalation. It's so funny, and I was just crying laughing when I was watching this episode. So I think this is just a it's a great episode of Keenan and Kel. Period. I'm surprised it made uh, number three, <laughs> but it's I don't disagree. It's a great episode. Yep, uh, I think so. And number two is a ditch day afternoon 
for all the same reasons that you just said. It, it gets the formula perfectly right. Yes, and it, it's uh, it's season two, so they're like going strong. It's not as wavery as as unwavery as season one is. And I do love the school piece to that, right? They're just like watching the TV of this bank robbery. The whole thing is really well tied together. Um, one of the most fluid plots throughout the whole show. Uh, it's a great episode. What's your number two, Adam? My number two, I think feel like is your number one uh so i'll be say uh, yeah let me know if that's the case because my number two is uh gobble gobble turkey day wow who loves orange soda oh here it goes <laughs> she loves orange soda is it true <laughs> i do i do i do i do i do Ooh, ooh, what? My bottle cap flew into the turkey's hole. What? Don't, don't worry, I get it. But, but I, I can feel it. I almost got it. Wait, wait. There it is. What? Oh, it's hot. Oh. Well, then take your hand out. I can't. It's stuck. Man, this cannot be happening to me. Hurry up, it's hot. It's hot. It's hot. It's hot. Get it off me. Not your number one? Can't say it is. Wow. Turkey Day is a phenomenal piece of television media. <laughs> the best like Thanksgiving special there is. Like It's a hard holiday to get right, and they nail it. <laughs> because uh, the family comes, and the family's weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, because Aunt Gertie's there, and, and like Grandma's narcoleptic, and Uncle Remus just really wants to eat that bird and doesn't stop talking about it. Where is the turkey? <laughs> Keenan and Kel escalate in such a good way. Kel eats a whole turkey, the, the entire bird, and he's still hungry for a, throughout a lot of the episode. It's it's crazy. It's a very cartoony thing. It, like we've talked about how that's bad in the contest, but that that just kicks things off. It goes on and on and on. And again, like uh, Dish Afternoon, every like character is tied into this plot point of them getting. Uh, I think it's so brilliant that um, early in the episodes drop that Chris is going to lay meats to have for Thanksgiving dinner. Then they have to go there once all their turkeys have been ruined. Right. Yeah. Uh, they put the mic. <laughs> they uh, put the mic. The turkey in the microwave. They put the microwave in the oven. It explodes. <laughs> it's. It's really good. All that happens, and then they like um just like in most sweater blues, they solve it. They get a turkey at the house. It's everything's good. And then Cal, like for the only time in the entire series, opens up a. <laughs> A metal-capped glass bottle of orange soda, and the lid flies into the turkey. And he goes to get it out and destroys the kitchen and the family room and the family. And just... It's just a big mess. Chaos reigns. I'm a, a, a so good of an episode. Yeah, I, I have, you know, I was toying with Turkey Day. It was about to make my list, and then I just, I was having trouble deciding. Maybe I should have replaced Girl Watchers, but... It's it, neither here nor there. Girl Watchers is my number three. I love that episode. And, uh, and Turkey you. Day is a fantastic one as well. All right, Adam. I have a feeling that we have a similar pick here. Uh, for number one? Indeed. The first episode of season three, Fenced In. That is the best episode of Keenan and Kel. Hands <laughs> down. That is my number one as well. My head is stuck. Huh? My head is stuck. Your head is stuck. Yes! My head is stuck! Stuck is my head! My stuck head is! His head is stuck! Ah. Which one of those words don't you understand? 
Can you understand? I have a problem here, you oddity. I'm an oddity. You're the one with your head stuck in the fence. <laughs> my head is stuck because of you. Look, 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 look. just calm down. Man, I calm down when my head is removed from this fence. <laughs> uh, are you sure your head is stuck? <laughs> just help me get out of the fence. Okay, wait, wait. Maybe I can bend the bar. Okay, bend the bar. That's good. Bend the bar. No luck. Oh, man. Well. Man, what, the... what? You knew we could have just walked around this whole time? That is as good as it gets. It, it really is, isn't it? Because <laughs> it's so simple. And it's so Keenan, easy. <laughs> like it's such... Keenan knows he's in an episode of Keenan and Kel. That's the best part. Right. <laughs> is that he's... he's like, so Keenan and Kel are going on a double date. They go to the movies, and uh, the, the dates were stood up recently. Their dates didn't show up on time. So, like, we're going to be there extra early. So, Keenan draws a map of town. And, like, you know, it's like, we're going to be, like, several hours early. And that makes a big plan of how they're going to get there. And the only thing that uh, can mess this up is <laughs> Cal. Is you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, how does Cal mess this up? <laughs> he drops his yo-yo. That's it. Yeah, he drops his yo-yo through a fence. Is his gift to his date. And then he says, she'll want the yo-yo. <laughs> so Keenan goes to grab it, and he gets stuck. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't stress enough how much of a uh, manipulator Kells in this situation. Because he, like, pushes Keenan through the fence. And then he, like, walks around the fence when he realizes, like, ah, that's okay. <laughs> Since that plan didn't work out. My favorite is just this, this metal fence in the middle of this, the town square. <laughs> Wherever yes. they, it's not fencing uh, but, anything in. Uh, Keenan gets barked at by dogs. Uh, he get, kids throw water balloons at him. His pants, his get, pants get ripped yeah, off. Yeah, his pants get ripped off. He gets butter smeared on his face. Homeless guy takes his shoes, I think. So it, it's it's escalation, and it like um it builds up in the most physical way possible. Yes, because they end up going to their date a little bit late, um, but they bring the fence with them. <laughs> yes, and meanwhile, Cal- Keenan's got no pants and he's all like juiced up. <laughs> And uh, that is a, an underrated, amazing last moment of a Kenan Kel episode. Yeah, it's definitely the best. I'm glad we agreed on one. Uh, we <laughs> yes. have a lot of uh, of a lot of strange differences here, but uh, I, I agree. Fence stand is is the greatest episode of Kenan and Kel. All right, we are we are in full alignment on that. We are we are aligned, stuck in this fence together. That's right. Um, Adam, should we do a, a couple honorable mentions, ones that almost made the list but didn't? But first, I want to tell you a little bit about some catchphrases. All right. Um, the, why? Who was the first person to say this on the show, Aaron? Roger. <laughs> uh, it was Kel, actually. Uh. <laughs> you, you knew it wasn't Keenan. I knew it wasn't Keenan, yes. It's the only time he says it in the entire show. It, I, fe- it, I think it's like, you know, this is a part catchphrase carried over from all that. But uh, in Da Bomb, Kel's the first one to shout, why? Uh, but after that, Keenan kind of takes the cake. He get, has two in Diamonds Are for Roger. Roger has one in The Cold War. <laughs> In the end, my total is um, 23 times Keenan says it, three for Roger and one for Kel. All right, 23. <laughs> 23 wise. 
there's also a uh, I have to plug the, the person who did this uh, so you, uh, bear with me but there is a um, someone made a compilation on YouTube of every time not only is Y shouted in Keenan and Kel but every time that Y is said in like dialogue oh my god they're the true fans of Keenan and Kel yeah this is a real fan to hear uh, Adam Ski 2851 is his name it's not me <laughs> are you sure Yes, you can just watch every time that the Y is shouted. It's a fun watch. Oh my gosh, I will have to give it a give it a look. Uh, I'll, I'll tag in the uh, the episode comments. So uh, they, we also have some other phrases such as "I'm just the child." How many was that one? Uh, Kel says that twice in season one, uh, and in Safe and Sorry he alludes to it. I think he says "I'm just the boy." There's a couple other half ones like that. In total, call it a three and a half times. All right. Uh, Kel also in season two, <laughs> for like three episodes of the row, uh, picks up the catchphrase, well. Yeah. And uh, Keenan says that in like one after that, so there's four of those. I don't think I have a full count on Who Loves Orange Soda, <laughs> how many times Kel sings it, but it's uh, about 20 times. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I would say that's about right. And uh, there are three instances of Kel, <laughs> of, of, I think Keenan shouting, we, we have, have to, to try. try. Yep. That's a good one. I have five instances of Kel saying, I can fix this, as he's trying terribly to repair something that went wrong. Two of which happen in Freezer Burned. Yes, correct. Here is a Chris emphasis. When Chris says something and Keenan and Kel sassily reply. Sassily? <laughs> yeah, the, the first one that was from Chris was from like clowning around, sassing. Haps. Dilly, Dilly dally. dally. Befollow. Scanner. Ranger Pants lollygagging huckleberry flamdoozled big whoop hoot <laughs> so yeah <laughs> i'm surprised they kept track of that and uh I, I think we've talked about this list before everything that hits roger in the head absolutely this is a great list yeah. <laughs> first he gets uh, um deafened by the party popper an orange soda bottle <laughs> a brick he hits his head on a tree a turkey Robo McFist punches him in the past and in the present. A ceiling fan. A bucket of slime. A cantaloupe. Uh, Charles the Rock. If there's any more, I, I don't have it. Yeah, I think there's a little more. He gets hit by milk and cereal. Right, right, right. And a bowling ball at the very end. These are these were head injuries specifically. Specifically head injuries, yes. Honorable mentions. All right. Which of your episodes didn't quite make the cut? Turkey Day. April Fools, all for the reasons that Adam said, uh, just didn't quite make my list because I was going for memorable. I was going for um, episodes that were really, really funny to me. And uh, and then last but not least, my personal favorite or one of my personal favorites, You Dirty Rat. I was dreaming that I was a rat, right? And everybody was trying to kill me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like Wendell. And I didn't know how Wendell feels. You know what, Cal? You're right. Man, Wendell's just a harmless little rat. He doesn't deserve to die. M- matter of fact, no rat deserves to die. From this moment forward, I will dedicate my life to make sure that no harm comes to any other rat again. Ever. Okay? I'm, I'm glad that made your top 13. Yeah, I love I love that episode. It holds the test of time. Again, that's a, another dark horse. I don't think people 
People, I don't think anyone's enjoyed You Dirty Rat as much as you have. Yeah, I'm probably the, the world's biggest You Dirty Rat fan. <laughs> you, you might be. <laughs> I can tell you why, but we'll save that for another episode. Uh, are you sure you don't want to elaborate a little bit? Um, it is just, it's funny the whole time. And it's the first, it's not the first, but it's, it's probably the best instance of Keenan and Kel having to deal with like a real world problem. Oh yeah. That's a really good point. And they do it like they have a rat in the store. Um, and they try to, they try to like not let the customers know, which of course just <laughs> makes things worse. Um, Keenan is so afraid of this rat and then he has to conquer his fear and catch it. It's like, this is a great episode. It's a really good halfway point too, because he, he then pledges. <laughs> to, to to you know be good to rats from now on yeah yeah it's like a, a really nice kind of sentimental moment when he has he realizes like uh, oh like this rat has so much to offer him <laughs> that's my honorable mentions there's some great polls so i like i took basically all of my episodes that score like a nine or nine and a half and like you know went through the same system as they did the other ones so i have like almost 20 listed here uh the main thing is i'm gonna pull out uh drop my uh top 15 or my, my 11 through 15 here, just because um, uh, it's a lot of the same ones that you've mentioned. That's fine. Go ahead. Uh, number 11, Girl Watchers. Number 12 is Bye Bye Keenan Part 1, followed by Part 2 is number 13. I, I think these two pair well together, and I am always a big proponent of saying part two is is really good as well. <laughs> like the their adventures in Pumice, Montana, are fun. I love the crappy house that keeps falling apart. I love Keenan's school session. <laughs> I, I love Rogers uh, being a mountain ranger, and uh, the reunion between the two of them is uh, an amazing follow up to the, the sadness of the part one. Agreed. It, it kind of brings it all together. 14 and 15, I, I'm just calling out here because they're on your list. Um, the Honeymoon's Over is number 14, and 15 is The Tainting of the Screw. It'd be a crime not to put that one in the top 15. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, we basically had the same top 15 for the most part. I think so. We just uh, yeah. like put a lot of the, the top Prioritize things differently. Like your turkey day. My turkey day was honorable mention number 11, or you know number 1, and then your girl watchers was honorable mention number 1. So... Yeah, we just kind of have a difference of priorities, but that's okay. You mentioned uh, Keenan swearing fealty to uh, to rat kind. Yes. I ha would like to pull up a, a tab that I've been saving called Life Goals. Go ahead. In doing things the Hemingway, Keenan establishes what his life goals are. Kel also makes a very long list of which we see several entries. <laughs> I would like to review them to see if any of these were accomplished throughout the course of the series. Let's do it. We have nothing but time. Keenan life goal number one. Save someone's life. I feel like he did that. Uh, he did. In the episode In the Light of Keenan, he saves the president's life. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. So, accomplished. Not only anybody, the president. From, from a falling tower of orange soda. Orange soda cans. Yeah. That he assembled. But nonetheless, it counts. Uh, number two, professes love to a girl. Absolutely, he did that. In which episode? Who loves who? I, I think that's the, the closest, we, the strongest that we get. Right. Him kind of, you know, displaying his affection for His vulnerability, for right, which is synonymous with love. Yeah, you got close earlier with, like, some of the, like, him trying to hang the Brianna sign. 
But that was a girl that he had just met. Yeah. He was also infatuated with Amy, but didn't really do anything about that. And I do it does frustrate frustrate me that nothing really came of the Keenan Sharla dynamic. But season four uh, drops that in a in a bit of a way. They were like, it's, it's "Hey, this is too mature for this audience." It's probably what happened. Yeah, uh, and it it was again the episode. It came from a voice, an episode voiced by Keenan. And like Nick Cannon, right? Like younger people, so that's what they're we're interested in. That, those kinds of stories. Uh, number four, climb something really adventurous like Mount Everest. Well, the Sears Tower, they did that. Yes, he did. Doing things the Hemingway. Check. Uh, and number four, no harm comes to any rat ever again. It never happened after that. Uh, after you, yep. you dirty rat. No, no rat has been harmed throughout the course of the series. That's right. Uh, Cal's life goals: meet an Eskimo. I don't know about that. At the end of doing things the Hemingway does. Oh, okay. See what the inside of t- a tape looks like. Uh, doing things the Hemingway accomplishes this. Okay. Uh, ride a bike naked. I don't know about that one. Uh, he eats a bike, and he rides a helicopter without his underwear, <laughs> and do things the Hemingway. Okay. So I'm gonna count it. All right. Fair enough. Uh, this is what I'm gonna need your help on. Spank a walrus. No. He does spank a giant polar bear plushie. It doesn't count. And who loves who? Ooh. Different animals. Different animals. Okay. Does not count. Uh, stuff 33 grapes in his mouth. He did that. Do things Hemingway. Yep. Uh, read a woman's magazine. Does that and do things Hemingway. Get rid of my rash. I don't know if he does that. Okay. Uh, at the at the end of our show now, I'm like, I think I've been keeping too close to track of everything. No. Something. <laughs> no. In uh, Bag and Sack and Cal, he has a dream that he's in a giant grocery bag. In that bag is ointment. So I... So yes. Yes, I think he's gotten rid of his rash. All right, that's good. Finally, uh, invent a new soup. Uh, he does that, Cold War. <laughs> yeah, that counts as soup. All right. So yeah, li- he is liquid that you consume. His... All he needs to do is spank a walrus and we'll be all good. Yep. Yeah, uh, those life goals have been accomplished. All right. Are you ready for our final uh, piece here? Let's do it. All right, we've got a piece of Phantom Mail <laughs> that we'd like to share. Our message went out at the back end of the Two Heads Are Better Than None episode, so please, um, if you haven't heard, we want to know your thoughts on what your favorite episodes and moments from Keenan and Kel are. Uh, we'll happily include your thoughts via voicemail on Anchor or in an email, keenankelpodcast at gmail.com about what your favorite episodes are and favorite parts of the show. Someone that did that was uh, a listener called Stephen R. So Stephen R. says, Hi, I was listening to part three of Two Heads, and I wanted to give my shout-out, which hopefully gets included in the next podcast episode. My name is Stephen R. I'm about 33 years old. I was an avid Nickelodeon watcher back in the day, and I got to go on tour of Nickelodeon Studios, taste the slime, and even get slimed. I vag- so, cool. Uh, so cool. I vaguely remember the promos for the Two Heads episode, but I think I did watch it when it originally aired, since I do remember the very end when Roger saw the head on the ground. And I remember the part in the promo when Kel popped out of the trunk and said, Hey, Mr. Rockmore. I watched Kinnan and Kel on repeats, but I think one of my favorite episodes is the Bill Bellamy episode, especially when Mark goes, Hey, music videos. <laughs> and when Bill shouts, Stuff it. The raffle is also pretty epic, too. I also love your Roger Rockmore impression. Uh, The old lady who always says, I see. The way you guys try to break it down by how they possibly filmed each scene is pretty fun, too. I like the Hollywood episode. I wish there were more behind-the-scenes stories from the cast. 
You guys did an awesome podcast. Thanks for doing these. It really makes work more enjoyable. LOL. Oh, so thank you very much, Stephen. What a, what a heartfelt message. We really appreciate that, Stephen. So if anybody else has uh, has something to share, we just send us an email or tweet us. Um, but we really we we couldn't have done this without the Fantas encouraging us in the darkest moments. So thank you, everybody. I, I can't believe how many like awesome Keenan Gell fans we've encountered. It's true. Just through th- this program. I thought I thought I was the biggest. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if we are. <laughs> no, I, I, that was in doubt immediately. Sorry, I talked to Wesley and all that. The fact that there's so many people passionate about this. And every, I, I will say, I've been spreading the word, word of the podcast. I Every week on Twitter, I go out. I look for people talking about Keenan and Kel. And by the way, it's one of my favorite things in the world to go and search a good burger. And either I see people talking about Keenan and Kel, or I see them like talking about great burgers and like that they had throughout the That's week. That's awesome. <laughs> but everyone, I you know, I, I like, I share, I comment, and people always follow back because everyone's happy to learn there's a Keenan and Kel podcast. And I'm uh, thank you so much for joining me, Aaron on this epic journey. Absolutely, Adam. Thank you for, for encouraging and, and doing most of the back-end work, including the editing of every single episode. I have I did not help once, so <laughs> without you, this could not have been possible. No, it couldn't have. Adam, I think it would be appropriate to end with a little reflection. Please, take us away. Adam, I think it's fair to say that in our culture, we lack true coming-of-age rituals and experiences. Um. And one of the things that we long for are coming-of-age movies, cinematic experiences, and sometimes TV shows. Now, maybe it's because, you know, like I said, there's not enough coming-of-age rituals in our lives. Maybe it's just refreshing to see characters change because so many times in our life, we don't see ourselves change. Or maybe just because it's entertaining. But Keenan and Kel is not just a coming-of-age movie. It is a coming-of-age series. We get to watch Keenan and Kel go from high school freshmen to high school seniors. We get to see them grow up just as we all grew up in our own ways. We see themes explored in this show. Themes of innocence and loss of innocence uh, versus knowing and responsibility. We see power and that idea of responsibility kind of wrestle with these ideas of curiosity and adventure. Uh, We see impulse versus planned and responsible courses of action. And we see friendship versus fear of the unknown future. All things considered, whoever you are, when you watch Keenan and Kel, you get to see a piece of your childhood lived out in these two characters they're goofy they're funny they're outlandish they're ridiculous they're best friends who love each other and one of the best things that this show has given me is a sense of just how important friends and brothers are in my life so i hope that everybody who listens to this show has a sense of just how special your life is because in watching Keenan and Kel, we really get to watch ourselves grow up too. And that is all I have to say. Uh, well put. I cannot follow that up. So please, we'll see you all again in May. If you miss us in the meantime, you can revisit any of our episodes. We've just listed a good dozen of them. 
several dozen episodes uh, of our, our several best dozen best. and worst of the worst. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to hear us get mad. <laughs> so uh, uh, enjoy. I can't wait to see you, Phantas, in the future. Until next time, everybody. Oh, here it goes.